hello to you, and we hope that you find this recording, Vision for Your Big Book Study, encouraging today. And by the way, did you hear that a Vision for You is hosting an awesome live face-to-face event at the end of October 2015? If you didn't, oh my, let me give you some of the details here. The weekend of October 30th through November 1st, 2015 at the Virginia Beach, Virginia Wyndham Hotel and Convention Center, a vision for you will descend upon this beach community like no other at any time. This will be all about the steps and abstinence, hope and promise of discovery and recovery and strength of fellowship of miracles. The power of the big book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation. Curious? Well, don't miss out. Register today, this very minute. There are still limited spaces available. For more juicy details, check out our website at www.avisionforyou.info. Plan to see you there. And good morning to all here on the line for studying, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 28, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 76, paragraph 3. Today's readers are Deanna B. for the 12 Steps, Amy W. for the 12 Traditions, Larry K., Reading the text, Deb W. and Renata G. The reference number for yesterday, which is Monday, April 27, 2015, is 7507. 7507. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, sh- who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Deanna B. to read the 12 steps. Can you press our one, Deanna B.? Deanna B., are you there? If not, I'll read those. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, 
that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I'll pass. And now I'll ask Amy W. to read the Twelve Traditions of OA. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. Amy W., compulsive overeater from California. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants who do not govern. Three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such will never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name will never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 76, paragraph 3. Now we need more action. And I will ask Larry Kay to begin our study. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, This is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which is accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. So, you know, in this paragraph, you know, we see a few things here um, that's shared, you know, in, in steps eight and nine. First, that jumps out at me off the page is that faith without works is dead. And, you know, the practical program of action teaches us that it's only through our properly guided actions that our faith is exemplified, that, you know, my faith expands into my world and begins to permeate every aspect of of my existence. And so in step eight, we have very clear instructions here. Um, And, you know, we don't need to complicate this, you know, nor should we minimize its importance. We prepare uh, a list of all the people we've harmed, well, that's, you know, fantastic. I, I've, I already have a list for my step four inventory. So, so this is the first instruction, um, and it shouldn't take long. You know, um, part two, you know, we, we became willing to make amends to them all. Um, and uh, if I haven't the willingness, I, I, I pray for it. And, you know, here's something that many of us have found, but, you know, but, but don't, you know, don't give away my secret or, or the recovery rate in a way might, might spike upward, you know, significantly. We don't want that to happen. Uh, but even though we, we may not yet be willing, what happens uh, for many of us is the willingness will come in time as we begin to complete our amends. And you see, we, we begin to, to, to experience the miraculous freedom that, that comes as we complete our amends and and for me, it's as if, you know, you've, I'm finally dropping the rocks and I'm, I'm feeling a lightness in my soul as I go out and make these amends. Um, we have the list from step four. We made it when we took inventory. You know, we, we made this drastic self-appraisal. And so now we're going out to our fellows and we are cleaning up our, our wreckage. We're cleaning up our past. We're, we're attempting, as it says, to sweep away the debris which is accumulated. And that debris accumulated because we know that, you know, our self-will has, um, has taken, you know, center stage. And now we have placed our will in the hands of our higher power. 
and and you know it's it's time for my higher power to take the reins. Um, and in step three, I you know I made that affirmative declaration. Well, now here we are at eight and nine, and the big book is great because it gives us such specific instructions. And you know at at the bottom of that paragraph again, it says, "Remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol." And you know, for me, um, I can tell you that I wasn't willing to go uh, any lengths early in, you know, in program uh, when I started. There were things I only was going to do the things that I wanted to do. My self-will was still front and center. But when the disease convinced me, you know, I was as willing as the dying would be to take this step and make amends to all people. And um, and I went about that, and it wasn't a perfect process. But I'll tell you, as I made each amend, I did realize that um, it alleviated it alleviated so, so you know so much of this destruction and so much of this self-loathing that I had, and I felt such a freedom that it you know that it really really began to snowball, and I, I and um, and this step is is vital that we clean up our our past and um, and thank God that I did because now uh, you know how free do we want to be? Well. You know, I'm free today from food, but I'm free today from self-will, and I can turn to to my higher power each day, and uh, have that serenity and peace. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Terry. Who would like to comment on this paragraph this morning? Jane S. Madam. Melissa C. Renata. Julie R. Okay, we'll stop with that. I have a lot here. I have uh, Jane. S, I have Matt M, I have Bella G, Melissa C, Renata G, and Julie R, in that order. Thank you. Good morning, Jane S. You're up first. Good morning, uh, Jane S. from uh, Pennsylvania. Um, I just wanted to share uh, my experience with um, Step 8, and I guess a little bit into Step 9, after being in... uh, the rooms for a lot of years and uh, doing a lot of lists and making a lot of amends, uh, following um, the big book as a guide to doing the steps really opened um, uh, opened some areas to a lot of healing for me. And um, when I would do work on or make uh, uh, a fourth step on the problems with my father, who actually was an alcoholic and died when I was 19, but who I just had all sorts of, um, you know, resentment and bad feelings about that, you know, for my whole 56 years could not get rid of. And uh, doing um, the fourth step um, in the manner that the big book lays out, I was finally able to see my part where before I was, I was just a victim. Um, you know, I was young. He was the alcoholic. You know, <laughs> I what did I do wrong? And um, but I was finally able to see and really take in and internalize. I had a part in this. I just looked at his negative stuff. He had positive things. I chose to just close my eyes to them. And you know, that was one of the, the biggies. And and. The other one was just, uh, he was a sick man. I saw him as, uh, you know, I didn't take his illness as a sickness. I saw him as, you know, this is all his fault. So anyways, uh, this time around, making my list, 
being able to uh, uh, make heartfelt amends to my father, you know, graveside, um, uh, and really mean it, I have had become so unblocked in many, many areas. I, I know, see the harboring this resentment for all years um, really has been one of the things that has kept me so blocked. And I always thought, well, I know I feel this, but I don't want to feel it, so, like, it's not my fault. You know, I don't want to feel this way. And I, um, uh, so I wasn't really taking any of the... Uh, uh, responsibility for it, and uh, I'm so grateful for finding this method of, of doing the four step, really being directed to look at, okay, what's your part, finally seeing it and being able to do the spiritual work and make the amends that has really given me so much freedom. Thanks. Thank you, Jane S. Matt M., you're next. Hi, this is Matt M. Can you hear me, Melanie? I can. Good morning. Hi, good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Matt M., compulsive eater over here in New Jersey on the East Coast. Well, you know, um, it's funny, like, uh, there's these 12 little things we have to take in this program, and there are 12 steps. I always use the take what you like and leave the rest uh, um, slogan. It's the wrong way, you know. I was very stubborn. I'm looking at this right now. Faith without works is dead, you know. I really didn't have faith in very little. The only faith I had was in the extra food and the food that I can get in my stomach as fast as I can which has caused me a lot of damage to my physical body, and uh, mentally and spiritually, spiritually dead. That's what I was. And um, in this process now, my current sponsor, he, uh, he's a triple winner, just like I've had in the past. I've had a sponsor who had, who had multiple addictions. And it's no coincidence that I have a sponsor who's multi-addicted because I know I have more than one issue, but the food is the issue that is going to kill me first. When I wake up in the morning, my, my sponsor asks me, what is going to kill you first? And that's the issue you've got to tackle, and that's why you belong in this fellowship. For me, um, doing these steps, it's not easy. It's bringing up a lot of stuff and a lot of fear. And, you know, for me, fear was a four-letter word for procrastination. I finally got unstuck when I joined this group because this group gives me a lot of hope and a lot of faith that this can be done. I want to be the person I know I can always can be instead of the miserable, self-centered, egotistical person who was always out for himself, even when it says I was like the actor trying to run the whole show, as it says a few pages ago in the big book. I'm very, I have very big, big um, self will run right. You know, I'm al- I'm always selfish when it comes to the myself, and I'm finally starting to become other centered. As I heard yesterday shared, you know, I'm trying to get uh, kept my mind off myself. Like my friend told me about a major diagnosis she had, and I didn't put, made, I didn't make the conversation myself at all. I wanted to hear how she was doing, what she was doing. I was just being a silent witness, and then when she spoke and she asked me for input, I gave it to her. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give advice or anything else anymore to people if they don't need it, you know. And on that, as far as making that list, I haven't gone to the eighth step. Um, but when I get there, I'm, I do have the willingness to make the list because I want to be free of all this stuff. I want to live a life of happy, joyous, and free. I want I want essence, a new way of living. I want to be uh, in that fourth dimension of where it says in the, it says in the big book. I want I don't want this stuff to be dragging me down anymore. I'm already I, I was I buried myself under hundreds and hundreds of pounds of excess flesh. And I'm digging, like, digging myself out from the bottom going up, you know, digging a hole the opposite way, you know. And uh, it's amazing uh, um, as I work on this, uh, work on myself from the inside out, how the physical recovery is just taking care of itself. It's not about the weight. It's about the weight between my ears. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Bella G. Press star one, Bella G. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking to myself. I'm sorry. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful reading. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Such a freedom. Thank you, God. Now that I am in the program, I live a life, I live the present without the blaming and judging. You know, before the program, I was a people pleaser. I wanted and I believed that I can be perfect. And thank you, God. Now in the program, I learned I am human. I will never be perfect. And I just can learn from my mistakes. And I learned to accept myself the way I am and to respect my feeling. And yet, not to stay there. I have the tools what to do with my feelings. If we haven't the will to do, to do so, it's okay. We learn to be honest, to respect the honesty. Well, yes, it's very hard to make this step. It's very hard to make the amends. It's to let go, to understand that I am powerless, and it's very hard. So first of all, I learned to accept it. Nothing wrong with me. I am human, but don't stay there. What to do when it's hard? To we ask until it comes. Now I am connected to an acceptance power. Yes, God accept me the way I am. So if I, I don't have the will yet, it's okay. I have the tool to ask God, and God will give me it in a, in a miracle way. Yes, to ask God. It's the freedom. It's the freedom from, to live the present without my power, the power to choose to be connected to God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Melissa C. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered co-creator from New York. And, um, you know, I, I used to mistake willingness with um, wanting. And um, so when I came across things that I didn't want, I couldn't understand, um, you know, why I, I should just um, want to do it. And um, if I don't want to do it, then um, I'm going to wait until I want to. And, um, you know, my wanting is what got me into this mess. Um, you know, uh, what I want isn't um, how I can operate anymore. I cannot use what I want as my compass for guiding my actions because it's really what got me into a, a disease state. Um, and, you know, so when I began to do this work, thank you God, I had had the gift of desperation and that my suffering got so bad that it, um, it was no longer, I, I was ready to say, I'm going to do things that I don't necessarily want to do anymore. And, um, and that was just miraculous, but, you know, that was miraculous that, um, and, and that I can look upon suffering now with such delight, such happiness, because it, it is what made me willing to do the things I didn't want to do, and, um, and, and which, which was make amends. And, 
you know, um, there were a couple of amends that I had to make that I was terrified. And as I really put it through, you know, work with my sponsor and and self-reflection, what terrified me was their possible reaction. And so if I was still consumed with how other people were going to react to me, I was still operating on self-will because I was still wanting to write the script for how my making amends was going to go. And that, to me, took on an almost humorous uh, tone. Like, like here I am. I'm going to apologize for trying to run everybody over with my will. So just follow my script so I can do this, please. And, um, you know, when I could see humor in it, I realized that the results were entirely up to God. And um, all I had to do was my small part. And, you know, one of the amends I made went beautifully. It, it was to my husband, and it truly brought us closer. Um, you know, the things he then said to me, I couldn't have written that script. It actually exceeded my expectations. And then another person that I made amends to went completely the opposite way. And um, and this person has chosen never to speak to me again. And and that's okay, too. You know, I did my part. The rest is up to God. And, um, you know, and so if you're out there suffering, um, you know, your suffering can actually um, be a beautiful thing, and it can have an end. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Renata G. Hi, Melanie. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. Grateful, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. More action. You know, so after we we do step one, two, three, we get into the action step. And that's how, you know, we really recover and maintain that recovered life, right? And the book says that faith without work is dead. And that's exactly what, that was exactly my description when I came into the room. I did have faith in a power greater than myself, and um, but I didn't want to do the work, you know. I didn't want to take action. I didn't want to put the food down and work all these 12 steps. So there was no freedom for me. There was no relief from the obsession of the mind. And, um, you know, I had faith, but I was, I was blocked off from God. And the only way that I found, you know, that cleared up that channel between my God and me, you know, was by doing the self-test, by doing the inventories, by doing the amends, you know, by asking for the removal of my character defects. And so, you know, there are several places in the big book where it talks about, you know, faith without works is dead, like the book. Uh, sorry, yes, faith without action is, is bad. You know, so the book keeps uh, trying to bring us a message that we need to take action. You know, on page 14, Bill Story says, it is imperative to work with others to demonstrate these principles, you know, what brings us success in all my affairs. You know, and then page 88 says, we are undisciplined. Uh, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There's action and more action. Faith without words is dead. So, you know, this is a lifetime of action. The same way I took action every day to be my disease, to get my binge foods, to hide, to be sneaky, I need now to take action to work this step in my life every day. You know, and uh, 
when I, you know, the step eight list, like it was said before, comes from our step four inventory. And uh, I, for in my experience, like I also had a couple of harms that I've done that were not connected with resentments or fears or sex conduct. They didn't come up in my inventory. So I had an extra list of harms. And, uh, you know, there were not, I didn't have any amends that I was not willing to make because, uh, you know, uh, I was scared of them, very scared of two of them, but I was willing to make the amends because when I, when I put it in perspective, like what would be worse, to, to continue to live in that prison of compulsive overeating, you know, that mental and physical torture or going out and humbling myself, you know, trying to repair the damage I've caused with God's help, you know, like what would be worse? And so then, you know, it was an easy choice for me. And I had to be reminded over and over that it would be amended with God's help. I don't do it on my own, you know. And uh, so that, you know, the fear for me of making the amends was less than the fear of living in the food, of going back to my disease. And so that propelled me to keep moving forward with the steps. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a, you know, I've heard someone say once, just to finish, uh, that action without prayer is self-will. And prayer without action is begging. And that's what I've done my entire life, just beg God for things. And then in this program, by taking action in this step, things finally change. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Julie R. Hi. Thank you, Melanie. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. You know, this paragraph has a wealth of information. All my life, I've done things my way um, without following any kind of directions. And and what that gave me was a life filled with self-will, ego, manipulation, uh, severe morbid obesity, but just the whole gamut. And this one short paragraph tells me exactly what I have to do. One, I need more action. I have a list of people that I already had completed, so I don't have to do it again. It happened when I did my drastic self-appraisal, not just picking the things I wanted to pick and write on paper, but a drastic self-appraisal. Um, and then it tells me I go out to my cells and repair the damage. It doesn't say that I sit back for weeks or months and wait for that right opportunity. Um, because if I want to be free, and somebody in this program who I respect so much always says that, how free do you want to be? Well, I want to be free like it tells me in this big book. I want to be able to live my life uh, helping others without ever thinking about um having that struggle with food without uh, living in my character defects. So if I want to do that, I need to follow these instructions exactly like they are. I mean, this is, it's so simple. I don't even have to guess how to do A, B, and C because it tells me exactly what to do. And I have um, one amends left um, when I was in my relapse last year. Um, I I created some damage. It's not very hard to create damage once we um, stop living in 10, 11, and 12. And I can't wait for a year or two or three months to make these amends. If I want to start living and totally be free, I need to clean them up now. 
I've been doing um, one to two a week, and I have one um, one left because I want to be free. It doesn't say that I'm going to sit in this stuff for six months or a year. It doesn't say for Julie to wait for that opportune time. It it clearly says, remember, it was agreed at the beginning. What beginning? When I decided that I... When I got to say, when I accepted the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater, that I would go to any length for victory over food. So, yes, I'm so excited that this is here because um, I can't stay with my stuff because I'll continue to do it. If anybody's new is out there, it's not a big deal. We just take responsibility for our actions and we make amends. It doesn't mean I'm going to go grovel and say I'm sorry because sorry is an empty word. I said sorry all my life, and I continue to do the same behavior. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. And we'll move forward with the study this morning. Deb W., would you please read paragraph 4 on page 76? Probably there are still some misgivings. Hi, this is Deb W., uh, recovered compulsive eater in Oklahoma. Probably there are still some misgivings as we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt. We may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured to some people we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be a maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In the prize ring, this would be calling leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set the wrong. He is going to be interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. You know, and it would be so tempting to do that, I believe. I would rather talk about religion or talk about how my life has changed than to talk about the things that I did that offended that particular person. And that's the bottom line. I'm simply trying to right the wrongs. And, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, all of the spiritual or the reasons or the, you know, whatever I've been through, the awakenings. It has to do with basically I was wrong. And I'm sorry. That's simply what it is. The reason being is when I am able to to be sorry, when I'm able to humble myself, the door is open wide to the spirit of my higher power to be able to use me for service. Um, right now, uh, I am in a in a dilemma somewhat like this. Is I have a, a brother that doesn't doesn't care for me. I mean. I mean, it doesn't matter what I do. We have two different views of a thing. And one thing I have to remember is just because he doesn't have the view that I have doesn't mean that he doesn't believe in the view that he has. And I can't pull him and manipulate him and get him to see the reason that I 
you know, believe the way I do because I'm not being of service to God. I'm being of service to myself. And the thing that is the the thing that is a learning thing is how to let go all of the conditions I have for getting down to the real you know the real ABCs of the program. How to let go of my pride, my ego, you know, my guilt, and open myself, and how to be ready that if this person, my brother still doesn't like me. I remember going through where it I came to the 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 awakening that he is I have to let him not want to be bothered with me. And yeah, maybe there were some reasons that he came to that conclusion, but that's none of my business. I have to respect that. It's sad, it hurts, but I have to respect that. So I am on a different plane today. I'm on a on a different path today. And I am open to my power that is greater than me, to do in me as he would do in me and have me be the person he would have me be. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deb W. Who would like to comment on this paragraph today? Amy H. Sally. I hear Rachel. W Lorna. and I hear Sally and Lauren, Robbie and H and Robbia. We'll go with that, and we'll get the rest of you in just a moment, please. So we have Rachel W, Sally A, uh, Lauren S, and Robbia M. We'll go with those just now. Thanks so much. Hi, Rachel W. Thank you so much. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone here today. Um, just so grateful for these shares, and um, wanting to share about step eight and nine and this process. Um, you know, step eight, it takes us out of the isolation between, you know, us and our fellows and us and God, pulling me out of that isolation. You know, keep in mind, this is the same person who used to spend a lot of time isolating with the food, you know, hiding out and or planning or, or you know, some other, you know, um, you know, way of just like, you know, taking food or hiding it or something. This is the person, you know, the same person that isolated to, to binge with food now is, is coming out and is, is released from that isolation. And, um, and part of that coming out, you know, getting into the step nine is, and the beauty of step nine is that it's, it's, an, it's a further ego deflating process. You know, we said so much about step five, how it crushes our ego to admit this another person. Well, here we have the object of that amends in front of us. And if that doesn't deflate the ego, I don't know what does. But here, here we are, you know, with this person in front of us, it's not, I, I have to keep in mind that it's not really about my amends. It's not about me feeling better. It's not even about the money that has to be returned or anything like that. It's more about how do I make amends to this person in the least inconvenience, that, that will inconvenience them the least, meaning, meaning it's really about the other person. You know, how can, I, how can I do this in a way with thoughtfulness to what this amends is about that it's really a lot of it, you know, it's maybe about me. This other person is, is not, I'm not telling this other person to justify what I did or excuse myself. I'm, I think with the, you know, with the energy that I have when I approach that person, the more I'm owning what I did, the more they're going to be able to hear me and, and hear what I have to say. And it'll come through, you know, in a, in a way that, that will be acceptable and receptive to the other person. And, you know, the, in step nine of the 12 and 12, the last sentence is for the readiness to take the full consequences of our past acts and to take responsibility for the well-being of others at the same time 
that's the spirit of step nine that we have to keep in mind that the other person it's really not even it's not about me feeling better and i just want to end off with a story uh, my, my first sponsor in 1999 she shared this with me and i've never forgotten it as you see um, she had a situation where she and a friend she and a friend um had purchased raffle tickets and she had bought the raffle ticket for her friends and entered the raffle and they ended up winning and my my sponsor um, kept all the money and she figured well she bought one ticket so she's keeping all the money and she never told her friend this and as Sally so often talks about those marbles you know I, I have no doubt that this marble floated through her head for years and and it, it may have very well been the object of who knows what you know if she ever relapsed or who knows you know how that goes but I'm not sure if that happened with her but that's what ha- usually uh-huh. happens with those types of things and um, and in the end this, she made this amend and the person um, died the next week so she was grateful to be able to have that um, that opportunity. Um, so we have to just take the opportunity when it's in front of us. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Rachel W. Sally A., you're next. Thank you, Melanie. <clears throat> um, good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to speak to two of the sentences here in this paragraph. First, probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel diffident, the word diffident means hesitant, reserved, or even distrustful about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. And what I wanted to say about this sentence is that um, for myself, when I was doing my um, step eight and step nine, I had 98 people on my list um, for my step eight list. And the interesting thing I learned in the process of eight and nine was that, you know, my controlling behaviors, my whole life I was such a control freak, um, that I wanted to control this too. I wanted to control how and what I said, and there was just a lot of control in here. And the interesting thing that my sponsor kept driving home is, what's the harm, Sally? Sally, you cannot use these steps to fix every relationship you have because sometimes it's not about you. It's about them. They don't like you and you you can't fix their not liking you. You want to make every relationship look pretty and, you know, like a bouquet of flowers, but you can't fix everything, Sally. That's you playing God again. And, and I have to say it was very mind blowing and twisting because I kept thinking that in step eight and nine, I could say, I'm sorry. If I could just say I'm sorry, then maybe we could be friends. But this is not about me fixing and me controlling. This is about me taking a good hard look at the harms I did. I can only do what I did. I can only clean my side of the street. I can't make you like me. I can't make you um, be willing to to allow the relationships to be fixed with, with siblings that I wanted to be friends with again. If I just said I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, it's not always going to happen that way. And in many cases, it didn't happen that way. And I'm grateful that I had a sponsor to guide me and to be able to see clearly this is about the harms. It says here on the bottom of page 76, friends, we have hurt the harms I have done. It's not about me just saying I'm so sorry. It's what are the harms that I have done. The other thing I wanted to say here on the top of 77, it says our real purpose is to fit, that word fit, ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. When I see the word fit, it reminds me of the bottom of page 60 where it talked about us as the actors, and I was, you know, always the chameleon. It says on the bottom of page 60, each person is like an actor 
who wants to run the whole show is is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. So here we see the opposite. We can either, in my past life, I was arranging everything. I was controlling everything, even my amends. I wanted to make it look a certain way. But here on the top of 77 is a very precious word, a very tiny little word, that instead of me arranging the lights, Instead of me arranging the ballet, arranging the scenery, arranging the rest of the players in my little world on the stage, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally A. Lauren S. Press star one, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> I'm coming out of the tunnel now. I was I'm in a, I was in a tunnel. Oh. Hi. I'm Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I am recovered today. And I'm out of the t- I'm out of the tunnel. I'm living in the sunlight. What a cool experience God gave me this morning. Um, Oh, maximum service and usefulness to others. That has become my motto (laughs) that I hope on a good spiritual hair day is my motto. And it was what I was introduced to when I started work in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. How I go through the work is we start with the title page and then we go to the preface and we read all the forewords and then we get into the text after that, the text with the 12 steps in it. And the preface and the forewords always jumps out to me, well, not the first time I went through, but now is the word helpful and useful. It's just littered in the text, in the in the beginning, in the beginning of the big book. Um, you know, I came in the rooms and I came in in the set in recovery and in, in working the steps to, to help myself. You know, self to self serve to get unblocked so I was so I would live a productive and, and useful life. And what was clear to me, I think it happened during my amends, or maybe during halfway through my amends, was that the reason that I become unblocked is so I can be helpful to others. And that that became really clear when I was saying my beautiful third step prayer one morning and and it wasn't God, you know, enable me to be unblocked essentially so I can be happy. Because <laughs> if I was writing the third step prayer, I would have written that. The Lauren can be joyous. The Lauren can be happy. It's got to remove this bondage of self so that 
I can be useful to others. And I was like, you mean I'm doing all this work? Not so I can be happy, joyous, and free, but so I can be useful to others? And what, what a solution. The solution for me is never so Lauren can be happy. It's so Lauren can be useful to others. And the, the, the cool God with a humorous sense of spirit is when I'm useful to others, then I am happy, joyous, and free. So what a, what a, what a way of living that works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren S. Rabia M. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Rabia M. I am a compulsive overeater from New York. And first of all, I would like to thank all, everybody on this line who does service day after day because I love that I have a classroom that I can invite newcomers to study in with us. And I do know a few newcomers who are going through this big book for the first time um, with all of us, as I did a little over a year ago. And, uh, and, and, and it's a beautiful thing that we can study together. And our real purpose is to fit ourselves well, that tells me right away, I'm not doing this by myself, that I'm working with the big book guide. I have my step sponsor, and we have read through the big book up until this paragraph, and here we are together, and I'm being guided to keep going forward. Um, and how do I fit myself? How do I fit myself into anything? The steps that come before this are so important to bring into the ninth step, and especially the seventh step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. Well, I have to give away my good and my bad because my creator is going to fit me um, into being of maximum service. I'm not supposed to know how to do it. You know, I, I can't think myself into fitting myself into maximum service. Um, however, the God of my understanding can that I have um, come to understand up into this step. Uh, and, and then I can be of maximum service uh, because now I'm going to get out of my way and I'm going to be shown. You know, we in the paragraph before I said we ask and I was taught every time this book says we ask it means we pray so it reminds me again that this is a spiritual solution i have to con constantly go to my inner source and pray for the guidance um and f for the way and then have a sincere desire and i do have a sincere desire to keep moving forward and live a spiritual life. Um, and I'd also like to encourage uh, all newcomers. It was beautiful hearing someone yesterday share for the first time 
her experience of being in this step. And I know it's a little daunting to try to jump in on the lineup, but we love hearing you. And you so much hope, offer so much hope to people who are just coming in on the line right now. Um, if you can do it, we can all do it. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rabia M. We do have time for one more three-minute share. Who would like to take that spot? This is Anita J. This is Amy. I'd like to share. I hear Anita J. And that's all we have time for, Amy. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully you'll stick around and be able to share on the second hour on recorded meeting. Thanks so much. Anita J., you're up. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Anita J., recovered in Massachusetts through the grace of God in this program and the I just wanted to talk about that sincere desire. You know, it's still so fresh because it was last year. And after that fourth step and the fifth, I saw I was just driven, particularly with two women. I saw so clearly what the problem was. And you know what the problem? I guess, ha, 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 it was me. It's not fun to watch people with your character defects. It's just uh, very painful, and once I saw it, I saw them as totally innocent. They don't know why I am treating them the way I am, and I just could not sit still till I made these appointments, and it was just so healing, you know, the healing, and it was, it, I, I, they're still in my life now. It isn't like, I'm sorry and la, 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 and that's it. I never want to see you again. It's just marvelous. But I also wanted to say I have been experiencing the most wonderful thing now where two of my sponsees are both in step nine, and the changes, it's incredible. And I think, oh, higher power, is that me too? Are they? Was I once in a certain way, and now I've, I'm in that fourth dimension? I am listening to two people on their way to the fourth dimension. What a privilege that is. I just want to tell you all. And um, from either end, from either end, they trust me, I trust them. We both trust our higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Anita J. And that closes our meeting this morning. Thank you to everyone who shared. And now I will ask Renata G. to please read from the big book, page 164, a vision for you, and then we will end that with saying the serenity prayer together. Good morning, Renata. Renata, would you press star... One, two. Can I help you, Melanie? Oh, I Thank you help very you. much. Yep, yep, I was just going to do that. Thanks, Leah M. Would you please read 164 for us this morning? My pleasure. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.